This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is IGN's long-running Xbox show coming at you every week here with the latest and greatest happening in the world of Xbox. Episode 546 for May 31st, 2022. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. If you're watching, I looked like I was about to throw up. I just had like a stuck sneeze and it didn't happen. And I'm just thrown off, but I'm here and I'm ready for the show. We're getting off on on the right foot this week. Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. Very excited for uh, one of the topics we're going to be talking about. So very excited. Yes, yes. And our old friend Cam Hawkins. Good to see you again, Cam. I'm back and I'm ready to talk Xbox. Great seeing you all again. Well, let's start with you. It's been a little while since you've been on. Uh, you came dressed for the part today, which I always appreciate. And so did yes. I. I wore my tunic shirt today. Uh, yes. Cam, what have you been playing lately? What's what's going on with you? Uh, I've actually been playing uh, kind of a, a nicher game. Uh, I've been playing AI The Somnium Files. Oh. It's a kind of... Uh, Japanese sci-fi uh, visual novel um, from the guy who created the Zero Escape series, um, which uh, the first two in the series uh, are on Game Pass as well as AI um, called the Nonary Games. I haven't played those yet, but I played AI uh, Somnium Files. I wrapped that up uh, last week. Really enjoyed that. Really great narrative. It does have its Japanese tropes, um, you know, uh, so you know you can expect some of some of that type of content in there but but it genuinely has a phenomenal like original sci-fi kind of uh story where you basically like sync minds you're a detective and you sync minds with people and you have this ai companion and you go inside their consciousness and you do these puzzles to try and find out information that, that they're like not willing to give to you or they're like struggling to uh to relay that information to you um and they're all based off of like real memories so it's like kind of like that uh idea of like yeah all of this in a way is true but you got to figure out how it relates to the case in this in these murders and it's it's really cool and there's all these different paths that you have to go on so you have to like you know go back to uh older puzzles and like do the other path once you've uh like kind of hit a wall um, to get the full story. So yeah, it's it's a really great game, and uh, the the sequel, uh, Nirvana Initiative, comes out uh, in June, which is the reason why I pl- I played it. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Are you still doing your awesome uh, Kingdom Hearts podcast? You want to plug that? Right I am. Now? Yeah. So unlocking Kingdom Hearts, it's a like companion piece uh, podcast where for those that uh, want to jump into the series for the first time, especially because there's a new story arc beginning. Um, me uh jonathan dornbush over at you know uh podcast beyond and uh alex ray korea who's written a book on kingdom hearts 2 and kevin diaz over at playstation source uh, on youtube uh who is new to the series uh we all sit down and talk about each game as we go along so like for those that like you know feel intimidated by jumping into this long-running series that often gets criticized for it being convoluted and stuff you have a bunch of experts as well as someone uh, who has like, you know, this fresh perspective of the series, uh, give our like opinions, uh, you know, good and bad, like Kingdom Hearts isn't the perfect series, despite how much I love it. 
and just trying to like help people digest the themes and the messaging and just the general story of Kingdom Hearts as we go throughout the series and and like you know get prepare for Kingdom Hearts four. I love that. So it's it's like a book club, but in podcast form. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah, great. I think way. that's a oh, yeah. awesome idea. And by the way, our super producer Red Rigos on it already yeah yeah I was like, we didn't prepare any of, of that <laughs> of uh, the game you were talking about and then digging up footage of your podcast that is good stuff from red it's uh coming out firing after the holiday weekend well uh i just wanted to take a quick second before we get started to i want to say thank you to our entire audience as well as all unlocked cast members past and present this is my 10th anniversary today at ign which is crazy to me because I mean, being honest, I, I always felt like I was the OXM guy coming over to IGN. I was at OXM for just under 10 years. So I've now been at IGN longer than I've been at anywhere else, and anywhere else is, is just OXM. That was it. Uh, I've only worked at two outlets, and it has just been, it's been such a fun ride. Uh, I went back and double-checked my first Unlocked, which I did on my first day. I came right in wow. with Mitch Dyer, <laughs> wow. and I was like, let's get in there. I want to do this. Uh, and Because that was you know, when I took over the show, obviously, as the host. And that was episode 58, which probably is terrible. Like, if I were to listen to it now, I'm sure it's, or at least I'm sure I'm terrible, not, not Mitch. And not, uh, I think Keza McDonald was on that one, too. But um, I'm sure I would cringe if I listened to myself on that. But if, you're, if you want to just take a little uh, trip back in time, that was my first one. Uh, which means I'm coming up on my 500th unlocked, which is absurd. And that's well. I guess will be about well about what three months, twelve weeks, so like three months from now, if uh, if all goes according to plan. So it has that's just gotta, been so much fun. That's got to be a party. Y'all got to get the the party hats ready <laughs> and like the little <gasps> blowers and yeah, all that stuff. Because yeah, I uh, you know, again, uh, I've been a fan of the podcast like well before I got in the industry. Like I was. I was in high school when you started and I was listening wow. to Unlocked and like, you know, now I'm almost hitting 30 and it's just like, I'm not trying to make you feel old, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, <laughs> it has been 10 years and yeah, just like what a incredible achievement. And just, again, you are like one of the faces of IGN in my eyes and uh, it's uh, an honor to know you and be able to work with you around. Well, you're very kind, although God help IGN if this face is one of the faces of IGN. And Red on it again. That long. <laughs> look at look at how young I look. And I don't know what what episode is this, Red? I don't know if you're able to either pipe in or what, but No idea. Not, okay. No idea. He just grabbed a random one. <laughs> well, this is after Destin was on the show, so this can't be but but it was Mitch while was Mitch still was here. still here. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean so, again. So it's uh that's definitely in the <laughs> earlier like, how young all of us look in that picture. My like hair, five, man. Wow. Three? I was gonna uh, say, Ryan, can you wear your hair like that again? <laughs> I could. That looks like like I, I don't normally let it get that long. That must have been just right before a haircut, I guess. But uh my hair looked like that at the beginning of the pandemic before, you know, when all the barber shops were closed. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I don't want to make this about me. I just want to thank everybody uh, who's been on the show, who's listened to the show and watched it. I've had a blast doing this. Um, I mean, yeah, and I did. I left OXM. I started KOXM, that podcast, for them. And I left just before 300, as it turned out. It was like 296 was my last one. So I guess I'm, I'm closing in on... 800 episodes of xbox podcasting which wow uh, i know danny pena still still got me beat gamertag radio oh, yeah. is over a thousand episodes that much respect to those guys but it has been uh I've, I've seen the good times and the bad times i guess i started 
started doing Xbox podcasts back in the good times, back in the early 360 days. <laughs> and then uh, when I got to IGN, sadly, that those were the beginning of the, almost the beginning of the bad times when the Xbox won. But we're back, baby. We're back. It's the, it's the Xbox Series era and all as well. Uh, and real quick, I do want to plug a Series X game that we're going to have some serious exclusive coverage of starting tomorrow, June 1st. Sonic Frontiers is our IGN first game uh, for the month of June. Think of it as our cover story. It's sort of this thing. uh, You're familiar with it by now. It's been going for eight years. I don't need to explain it. So uh, look for Sonic Frontiers stuff all month long, starting with the world gameplay reveal. It'll be a very uh, a good lengthy bit of gameplay. We got a teaser today from the uh, official Sonic channel. We'll have so much more tomorrow. All right, let's get to it. A video game that I am a big fan of, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, that is the screenshot behind me. Uh, that was It was my personal runner-up for Game of the Year in 2019 after Control, which did win IGN's Game of the Year. Uh, we have finally the, the official, real, proper confirmation of a game we've known has been in the works, and that is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We have a 2023 release date, so it's not sneaking out this fall. Uh, and I want to start... Just by going, everybody's watched the teaser trailer and knowing Red, he's got that trailer ready to go for the everybody watching on video. And before we kind of talk about this game, uh, I just want to go around and get everybody's initial uh, kind of where you stand with with the first game. Uh, Stella, I'm going to go to you because I think you you were sort of hinting you've got that smile on your face. Uh, <laughs> you have you have things to say about this video game. Oh my god, yeah, the first game I wasn't really expecting too much, but then I played it and I actually because I hate myself, I played it on Grandmaster difficulty, and I did complete the game on that, which uh, I love Souls games, so for me, this was kind of like a Souls game set in the Star Wars universe, which was amazing. I loved it so much. Um, Some parts of the game were a little bit frustrating. I think playing it on the hardest difficulty made a lot of the mechanics that didn't translate super well into this game uh, a little bit more prominent, but I mean, if you're like, it's fine. Most of that has been fixed anyways now. So uh, it, I loved it so much. Like, it felt so cool to explore this world. I mean, even from the opening sequence, you're just like, oh my, yeah, this is Star Wars. I am in the universe. Like, you just felt so encaptured by the world. Um, and the combat felt amazing. So, yeah, I am so excited to see this. Not really thrilled about the about Jedi Survivors, that name. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. I feel like it, I don't know, Survivor, I guess. It, something about it, I just liked... Uh, the previous title so i was expecting something a little bit snappier and fancier <laughs> i guess but yeah. i don't know i don't know something about it just i'm just like oh okay i guess but well, i'm excited i'm so excited yeah the whole the, the it's all the title's always been weird because it's star wars jedi colon yeah fallen order and now star wars jedi colon survivor i'm with you it's always it's always thrown me for a loop the the, the editor uh in me this is like wait what it's called what <laughs> Uh, Cam, how about you? What did you play the first game? Where do, how do you feel about this one? How hyped are you going into this sequel? So I I consider myself a casual Star Wars fan. Um, I like Star Wars. I like playing the games. I didn't play Fallen Order because the, they have big old spiders in that game, and I'm mm. you know my arachnophobia thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I want to yeah. go back and like see if I can install a PC mod where the spiders are gone, so I can play there. But I did get a, like I did like get in get into the story. Like I did like watch cutscenes. Like I. You know that the ending of that game is pretty awesome, uh, spe- uh, specifically. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm interested. Like, I hope that that isn't something like a like a you know a barrier I have to get over um, this time. 
uh because yeah when it first launched like people said like oh there's some technical issues and i was just like okay well i wasn't gonna play it anyway straight away so i'm gonna take some time and you know i think all those things have buffered out so um i definitely plan on like giving it a shot and and trying to figure that stuff out before the sequel comes out but i'm excited you know i, I like star wars um star wars for me is just like a uh kind of like a big dumb sci-fi adventure and that's what these you know this game most of the games are and like and that's what i want some, from star wars so i'm excited yeah cam you know what star wars absolutely doesn't need it's giant spiders it, it doesn't it doesn't need that it's not yeah, the it thing doesn't. that star wars has to have well, most video games don't need spiders <laughs> in them right. that's all that's what i'll say yeah. so i'm with you on that um miranda where are you with this series and and your hype meter heading into this bd1 I love BD1. <laughs> um, so so cool. I unfortunately didn't get to finish uh, Fallen Order just because of the timing it came out. It's just sort of a chaotic time, but that's when, with the announcement of the sequel, like now that we have kind of a better frame of reference of when we're going to get it, it's like, all right, time to get back, you know, pull on the gloves, put everything else down. Um, I think that's kind of something that I feel like I've been doing a lot more recently just because we've had a lot longer and bigger games and some of them happen to need more attention than others, just depending on like editorial needs or whatever it may be. Um, and some of them, so with like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, it's like you could play enough and get an idea of like what that game is. Um, and I think really enjoy it. And I did enjoy my time with it. But now it's like, all right, I want to actually get back into the story, especially I think because right now it's just such a good Star Wars time. Um, I think especially with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So Kenobi is just that that for me just like popped off. And I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm feeling this much more excited. Like Book of Boba Fett really let me down in a lot of ways, but Kenobi said, "We're here." I said, "Thank <laughs> you." Um, so I think it's just like also that Star Wars mood and sort of ready to get back into those stories. Um, and, and and kind of just mentioning BD One, like I love that a lot of times when you get a mainline or just sort of like a very big Star Wars story. So something that's not just like a side story or a book. Oftentimes you'll get a new droid and I love the droids so much in Star Wars. Um, I think they're just something that's so charming and unique about the Star Wars universe because there is such an emphasis, but it's very light. Like they're just like a nice little like side note that always just enhance, I think, the stories that they have. So I'm excited. Well, Miranda, when you do <laughs> get into uh, Jedi Fallen Order in anticipation of Jedi Survivor, know that as you play and, and find, you know, hidden secrets and other things that the IGN wiki can help you with, there yes. are a lot of cosmetics for yes. CD1. Like I maybe a uh, <laughs> helps edit that wiki a bit. And so I maybe at least know where most of those are just because I remember looking at those pages so often. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, yeah. well, go ahead, please. Oh, no, yeah. Use our, use our guide. If you guys have to do it like me and go back and finish it, I might just honestly just restart it. Like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know what? I'll just do this again. Why not? Um, but if you guys are going back to Star Wars Jedi, Fall in Order, use our guide. You'll find Stella, those I, have to give you, I have to give you a lot of credit, Stella, because that, as I recall, the second to last boss fight was particularly oh, yeah. punishing. So finishing yeah. that game, like, I, I finished it on normal. <laughs> Because uh, I think I've been playing on, as I I think I've been playing on the not the hardest difficulty, but the one between normal and hard. There's like yes, yeah, whatever that one was called. And then I think I finally got to the point on that second to last boss fight. I had to drop it down to normal and then put it back to finish the game. <laughs> so my tip of the cap to you for uh, for making it all the way through on that highest difficulty. I, I was just being really stubborn. I was like, I got this far. I'm going to finish it. But oh my goodness, it was, ooh, it was a time. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, there were, it was just a simple, like, round arena, but oh man, that was, that was punishing. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, what do we know about Jedi Survivor? So, in, if you're watching on video, you've seen the, at least without audio, you've seen the, the trailer running in the background as we talk here, but Cal Kestis returns, of course, after the events of the first game, still on the run from the Empire. Uh, now, his lightsaber's gone, seems to have fallen into the hands of the Empire here, uh, and that's about it. He seems to be by himself, at least what's teased in this trailer, which is significant because, you know, he kind of has this little group of, of allies and friends that kind of become his little Star Wars family by the end of, of the first game. And I will say for my part, I got to be honest, as much as I really love, again, my runner up for game of the year in 2019, uh, I liked Siri better than I liked Cal Kestis as a character. Uh, who's played by Deborah Wilson. I was kind of hoping the sequel would focus on her, but uh, I'll be curious if she comes back, what what her role in the story will be, if any. But uh, one thing we do know about this game is it appears to be next-gen only, which is something we've been talking about on this podcast. Uh, I, I don't believe there are any of the first-party Microsoft games that we know about from here on out that are going to be on Xbox One. It seems like Halo was actually it. That was the end of the line as far as first party exclusives, everything from here on out to next gen. And we're starting to see that on the third party side too, because this game is uh, Jedi Survivor, PS5, Series X and X and P X and S and PC, which I'm thrilled about. Now, uh, Cam, I'm curious, do you think this is going to end up, is it going to be on Unreal Engine 5? Because we've seen what Unreal 5 can do uh, since the first game was on Unreal, or might it be a, a situation where the first game, they had to modify Unreal so much to kind of fit their third-person Souls-like needs that they're going to kind of continue on their own track and it won't actually be Unreal 5 proper? I'd say it's a coin flip at this point because I think that we're it, they're probably at a place far enough in development. It's like, do we really want to take that time to do it? And it's I think it's just kind of based off of what the studio wants to do uh assuming that this game is coming out like at the end of next year yeah um you know that's a that's a pretty close like turntable and i've heard that like the moving like everything from like unreal 4 to unreal 5 like isn't that hard like that it's actually pretty easy uh uh because i know that they they're doing that for kingdom hearts 4 and that was mentioned about that um so it, it I think it's a coin flip. Like, if they say, like, oh, it is going to run on Unreal 5, I'm like, cool. Like, that's, you know, that's great. Like, ideally, yes, that's what we want, right? We It's going to be an next-gen experience. We want it to be on Unreal 5. We've already seen, like, the potential that Unreal 5 has, not just with, like, the the kind of, uh, like, the the Matrix Awakens stuff, but, like, when we saw Hellblade uh, at the Game Awards, like, that looked incredible. Like, you know, I, I want to see, uh, it would be, if we got uh, Unreal 5 games as early as, the end of next year like that's awesome um so we'll we'll see yeah stella it would seem like the fact that this game is is next gen only is at least a decent indication that maybe they are moving over to unreal engine 5 yeah i mean that would be great again there's like more support for that which would be really cool to see them utilize uh especially with like the the development process and everything so i wouldn't be surprised i mean it would be really cool i don't remember do you remember what the what the last one was on well it was just modified unreal i guess it would have been unreal 4. okay yeah yeah, yeah so absolutely i could i could totally see that being on unreal engine 5. 
Um, yeah, I feel like there's there's a very good and strong possibility about that. So, all right, let's go around the room. Well, I want to I want to hear about what all of you want to see out of this game. I mean, it's it's going to end up being because Cam, I agree with you completely. I think we have to absolutely assume that it's going to be holiday 2023. They only said 2023, but something tells me it's probably not March of 2023. Otherwise, they probably would have said like you know Q1 or spring. Instead, they just said the year. So uh, probably the end of the year. And so for me, I, I guess I'll start. I uh, kind of I do want regular just sequel stuff. I, I would love to see an entirely new skill tree. Uh, I'm sure there's probably going to have to be some overlap from some of the skills and abilities that, that were in the first game. But uh, more combat moves would be great. Just more variety. And again, not that the first one suffered from it. But I think the big one uh, is more worlds to explore. And again, not... There were there was a decent handful of worlds in the first game, but uh, I I do feel like I just it, it's kind of just more and more and more. Give me give me more variety of everything because um, the combat was there. Like Stell, I'll go, I'll go back to you real quick before I go to Miranda. Like this was a game that uh, again I I don't actually normally play Souls like games, but this one is kind of a, a stealth Souls like that I think did a good job of of inviting people in. You know through not just through the Star Wars IP, but but through uh, it, it was pretty approachable. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like it was a really fun Star Wars game. Like it, I not it not being first person was fine for me. Like I loved the entire way that they approached this game. Uh, I I can't talk about how it felt casually because I played it on the hardest difficulty, but I would assume it was way easier. So I feel like yeah, it's it's totally one of those games where like you can play it on normal or easy if you want just for the story because the story was also very solid. Um, one thing that I do want to see, because I, I feel like the combat was fine. One thing that I do want to see that you mentioned um, is I want to see more interactions with the other characters that he's had these relationships with. Like we, we got Night Sister Marin on our side. We only got that one boss fight thing where she interacted uh, and that that was about it and i was totally expecting her to come with us on an adventure or something um you know and and i understand that there was a bit of a time constraint with the story but i was like oh this sucks like she's obviously a very strong character uh we could do a lot of work together now that she's come with us so i would really like some companion based missions that'd be really cool i know we have yeah. bd1 but like you know th these characters are obviously very like they can handle combat on their own and i would love to see that uh, and i would love to see the relationships grow so yeah i don't know that, that's kind of what i want to see story-wise miranda i know uh you haven't finished the first game but you know what what's something you're hoping for out of this new one um sort of noting on what Sol is saying about relationships i hope we get more interactions that help Cal grow a bit and being a more interesting character. I think he's fine, but he's a little bland, I think, in compared to some of the other characters, too, is just as you were saying, Ryan, it's like, oh, it would have been fine if we had a protagonist change just because he's like, he's okay. And I think BD1 really helps emphasize like things that make him more interesting because not, not I guess not make him more interesting, but make being with him more interesting. Like that's that's part of the part of the problem, I guess, is like he can't just stand on his own and be super cool. Like it, it's one of those things, right? It's really hard to write, I think, a good character where you can kind of self-insert a little bit, but he's he's just kind of okay. So I hope he, I like him more the, the second time around. That's what I'd say. Stella, how about you? What are you hoping for out of, you know, you're a, a hardcore veteran of the first game at this point, so you've, <laughs> I'm sure you've got a wish list for what you'd like to see out of the second one. I don't know. I, I mean, the interactions for sure. Uh, just give us more of what the first game did right. And 
Uh, I know some of the mechanics were a little bit buggy uh, at launch, but I mean, it, it's launch, it's fine. Uh, so maybe like more polished mechanics that they've learned from the first game. Um, again, I feel like combat was great. I, I am very interested to see how it's going to go without us having a lightsaber. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to see more of the first game. Like it was just so fun for me. I genuinely loved it. Uh, oh, and more content a little bit closer to after launch because I know that there was a huge content update that came, uh, but it was a little bit too late for a lot of people who had already played the game. They didn't want to go back to it because you forgot a lot of the mechanics. So uh, maybe something like that, like a content, uh, like a DLC um, roadmap or something like that. If they do decide to do that, that'd be really cool just so that people have something that they can anticipate. But yeah, aside from that, love the first game. Very excited for this. And this, uh, I mean, yeah, it'll be, we know there are a number of Star Wars games in the works now, but I think it's safe to say, pencil this one in for holiday 2023, which hopefully, given all the stuff that's been delayed by Microsoft on the first party exclusive side, it's, we might be looking at a very, very busy Q4, a very busy holiday season next year. Not to look too far ahead, but uh, it's, it does seem like Xbox fans will be, will be eating good come, uh, come next holiday. Uh, sadly, though, one of those games that is delayed till next year is uh, another another delay announcement this week, and and for the worst of reasons, it is the very stylish cyberpunk thriller and another an Xbox exclusive, replaced. Now, if you're not, if you're immediately going, wait, what was replaced again? Well, if you're watching on video, again, Super Producer Red's going to have your back here in probably about five seconds, but uh, just look it up on YouTube because this is the game that. It's a you know side-scrolling pixel art indie game. Uh, it was unveiled a year ago at the Xbox Showcase, and it was one of the standout titles. This was uh, this was just looking so good. I know Paris Lilly, he was on Twitter, just he could not get enough of this. This was uh, one of his top games. So I think he was on with us after the Xbox Showcase, and I cannot disagree with him. I mean, this looks this looks great. I mean, it has a little bit of the vibes of. Uh, Another kind of long-term uh, Xbox exclusive that we're still waiting on. Remember the last night? That one, <laughs> this kind of reminded people of that. So a lot to look forward to with this game, but unfortunately it is pushed back. And again, as I said, for the worst of reasons, the development team posted a note on Twitter this week that said, sorry, and then with a longer statement with read in part, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but they said, Today, we're making the very difficult decision to delay replaced until 2023. The Belarusian-based studio working on the game, Sad Cat Studios, has a team of talented developers from Belarus and Ukraine. Unfortunately, the continued war in Ukraine has heavily impacted the development of replaced, as most of the team resides in the neighboring regions. The priority for Sad Cat was for the safety of the team and their families. As a result, part of the team is now relocated and work has only recently restarted on Replace. So they did have to uh, just put everything on pause for, and understandably so. And uh, Miranda, I'll go to you here. I mean, this is, I, I, it's sickening that this is not the first time that, that literal war on someone's doorstep has, has caused a, a delay of a video game, which, you know, makes the video game seem inconsequential. It's just, I can't believe we live in a world where this is now a, re a reason, a legit reason why video games are getting delayed. Yeah, it's, I mean, one thing after another, right? There's a lot of, a lot of heavy reasons. We've had a lot of delays lately. Um, I think with this one, though, it's it's kind of, 
I don't know, like weirdly nice to just have little updates like, oh, everyone's been, you know, relocated. Everyone's kind of okay. Just like one of those very concerning, oh man, like I'm glad everyone's all right. And that like they're in a place where they're comfortable enough to get back to work. Um, I think that's kind of the thing. It's like, oh, well, now we're comfortable. Like, I mean, as probably as much as they can be, I hope. Um, I'm sure having to relocate with having that really close is is really stressful. I, I cannot imagine. Um, so I'm glad that they were able to get their team where they needed to be. And hopefully development will go smoothly for them. Cam, uh, what's your hype, hype meter at for this video game? Oh, I'm super excited for Replaced uh, when it comes out. You know, it definitely was one of the big, biggest surprises that, you know, it's just like, oh, what is this? And then, you know, I, I think I remember when we were watching it that we we're just like, oh, is this the last night? Is it back? Um, and then, it, you know, something completely different. We were all just like, that's going to be incredible when it comes out. Um, and, you know, again, there's way more important things going on in the world right now than video games and uh that they this is just the reality and um you know it, it's not even it's not even patience isn't even like the the word the, the correct vocabulary it's just like deal with it like deal with it until until it's here because there, again just there's just more important things happening in the world right now that and you just in and, and, and we just have to wait and uh that's perfectly fine this uh you know i hope the team uh, there is safe and, you know, everything is um, as good as it can be considering the circumstances. Stella, did uh, did this one catch your eye as well last year or as you're refreshing it, watching the trailer now? Yeah, it did. I, I totally forgot about this game. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It looked really cool. Uh, the environments looked amazing, which is huge draw for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm totally excited. I kind of forgot about this title uh, announcement, but I'm I'm glad that it's been refreshed in my brain. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's upset about this delay, like, honestly, you're just a terrible person. <laughs> so I had, to be fair, I haven't seen anybody whine yeah, about good. this. Oh, no, for <laughs> sure. Totally. Good. Yeah. I was going to say there, there are probably going to be those kinds of people, but yeah, I'm just like, no, this is, this is a very good reason to have a video game delay. There are other things happening in the world that we can focus on first. This it'll, when it comes out, we know it's going to be good. I'm not worried about that. It's fine. Take your time. I hope it's yeah. good. We don't, we haven't seen the game. Yeah, like, like, are we, are we, yeah. It, but, yeah, 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 are we at the point of like, there's no way this game can be bad stance on this game? <laughs> but um, yeah, that, I am a, I'm just a total sucker uh, on the surface. Like there's a lot about this game from this reveal trailer that, that I'm excited about, but I am immediately a sucker for that. Uh, what's kind of become known as the HD 2D art style mm -hmm. that, uh, that Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy have kind of have have kind of been leading the way on, and this game has definitely has going on too. It's just taking that sort of eight or sixteen bit era visuals that I grew up with, because as we established, as Cam helped remind me at the top of the show, I'm old. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm just wasn't the goal. It's okay, my friend. I'm just, I'm just being I'm just being uh, mean here, but no. I'm, yeah, but I it, I love just taking like a 16-bit look and and making it 3D and and uh, it just I love the love the look of that and replaced has that going on. It it just the game looks excellent so and it's going to be an Xbox exclusive so it's we're at a point now where uh, we've had four four Xbox exclusives for 2022 all fall out. Uh, two of them for pretty standard development reasons and two of them for this horrific world circumstances uh, reason. 
So it's, you know, obviously Starfield and Redfall were the two highest profile ones, but don't forget Stalker 2, again, also affected by this. Uh, Stalker 2 originally was supposed to be out already. Their original release date was the end of April of 2022. So this game was was going to have already come out. Then they had pushed to December, and then they went ahead and said, you know, that when the war started, uh, when it came to their doorstep, they had to just, you know, they had to focus oh, on everything. life, and and the game will come later. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's a it's tough luck for for Microsoft as far as having you know now uh, for a total of these four you know, relatively high profile exclusives, kind of two. Three big ones and one like really cool indie game, but uh, yeah, it's it's a shame on that front. But just even more, just disturbing that that again we live in a world where war is causing people to have to uh, delay video games because you know again that's I wish nobody had to deal with that, but here we are. Uh, I think the only other thing I wanted to say about this was I, I mean I'm actually I'm glad that the the developers posted this sad cat studios because i actually hadn't been aware maybe it's just my own ignorance and apologies if so i hadn't been aware that that, that this team was was located where they were i uh we'd all seen the trailer and i think they you know not that they were making any sort of noise about where they were based out of but uh i just yeah this this was news to me that they were in the regions directly affected by this so uh we all just wish them health and good good health and safety for them and their families and we'll look forward to replaced whenever it's ready next year. Well, more bad news though not quite as serious. I mean it's it is serious because this is this is like sort of the next step down of serious bad news. We have uh some significant layoffs at Hangar 13, the studio behind Mafia. According to a report by Kotaku developers of all 3 of Hangar 13's worldwide locations uh, were impacted here. The layoffs have hit Novato, particularly, and that's that's the one, that's the main one, uh, just north of us here across the Golden Gate Bridge. I've been up there a million times, actually. Uh, Novato is particularly hard. Nearly 50, 50 developers lost their jobs uh, there, drastically shrinking the size of the staff, which had, uh, they were at 87, so they've been cut more than in half. The uh, UK office head, Nick Baines, he said, quote, to a t told the team uh, on the day it happened, I know it sucks. I'm sorry I'm not over there to deliver this message. I'll be coming over soon. I know that you need some local leadership and structure, and we're working on it. And the, the sort of extra kick in the gut on this for them is this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, at Hangar 13, the studio fired significant numbers of employees in 2017 and 2018. Uh, they were drastically affected when Take Two canceled a, a game that was codenamed Volt. That had uh, it, that was the game. They had a ton of investment in that, and it was it was scrapped for whatever reason. And that left uh, 200 people without a project, which is obviously not a great spot to be. Now, according to Kotaku, Baines, the again the UK studio head, said the plan is for the remaining developers at Hangar 13 to focus on a Mafia prequel. And Project Hammer, which is another project in the works that, that Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reports that that second project is a tennis game, which would almost certainly mean Top Spin 5, since 2K owns that franchise, and I can't imagine they wouldn't uh, be making a new tennis series when they 
already have a perfectly good one. Um, so this is just just a shame to hear. Now, I mean, what Cam? Did you play any of the recent Mafia games, either the the remake of the first one or Mafia Three? Um, I did play the remake of the first one because I played Mafia Two back on the 360, and I loved that game. I love Mafia, like Mafia stories, yeah. Mafia like media in general. So. Um, that was entirely my kind of thing. I haven't played Mafia 3 yet. Um, I've heard over time more people like kind of say like, hey, this has a really incredible narrative. It just has some like gameplay issues. So I'm probably I've been meaning to jump into it. Um, and uh, regarding Topspin, that sounds really exciting. I, I, I love Topspin. So um, that, wait, do I we really... need to go one on one? Do we need to play Topspin? um i don't i'm not gonna i'm not saying i'm good at topspin i'm just saying that i like it you know yeah. especially when they had the arcade cabinets too like right like they had the old arcade cabinets for topspin as well um but yeah uh so that sounds super exciting but it but regarding the layoffs like yeah this i i don't know what's going on like i i wish we had more information as to like why this has happened again um and you know with the lack of number of people that are working there now like how are they supposed to be working on both these big projects like i don't i don't know what what i just don't know what to think on it right now uh because i just kind of like the lack of information um so hopefully we hear something about everything soon um and the kind of the status of where hangar 13 is at because yeah they they've just kind of been taking these hard hits uh and and we just kind of don't know why, like what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I want to come back to that. Actually, let me go around the, the table first here. Miranda, your thoughts on this? Um, it's always a huge bummer when there are layoffs like this. And it seems like whatever's happening at Hangar 13, that there's just some very big management issues as far as getting the team what they need for support, or as far as just like team structure or project structure. Because, like, if it's, it's been tw since 2016, since Mafia 3 came out. So it's been quite a while that they're trying to work on something with that cancellation of Project Bolt. Um, I'm sure that was like a, obviously a really big deal for them. And I feel like they're kind of, it seems like they're kind of floundering and, and the solu solution there was layoffs, which is not anything you ever really want to see. So um, I just hope that the developers that were laid off can find a new gig pretty quick and be taken care of. And that the rest of the team that's still at Hangar 13 is going to be taken care of properly because it seems like if I worked there, I'd be a little, I'd be a little worried. So I hope that there are some reassurances there for them and that they're getting um, what they need to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Morale, morale can't be particularly high uh, no. at, at Hangar 13 right now. Stella, uh, do you have any history with the Mafia games? Uh, no, I watched a couple of people play uh, the latest uh, remake, I think, and it looked yeah, great, but... I, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me personally, but I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks fun, I guess, for people who like these kinds of games. Um, but yeah, so I, I never personally played them. That's all right. I mean, it's when you do get a chance, I will say the, the remake, the full ground up remake that they did, that Hangar 13 did of the first one, it, it's excellent. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always loved the first game. I, I actually reviewed it, again, dating myself, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it was a PC game originally, and I think 2001 or 2002, and then a, uh, it was ported to the original Xbox, and I reviewed it for OXM there, and it, it definitely had technical issues on the original Xbox, but boy, was it a great game, and the remake uh, preserved that great game. It is, 
I definitely would encourage anybody to go play that the remake of the first one on your your Xbox now. Mafia Two, Cam, as you noted, that game was not only very good, but boy, was it a gorgeous video game at the time. Yeah. That was uh, the the art style was great, the lighting was great. The thing about Two that I remember is it was there wasn't a lot to do in the world. It was kind of a linear story game, story focused game, which is great. But in this kind of open world where there was there was really nothing, not a lot to do there. But boy, it was it was a stunning place to wander around. And then and then three, yeah, I didn't end up. I only played a little bit of three as well. I got to go back uh, and look at it. We were looking at a clip a minute ago where one of the uh, fun little gameplay features is is the ability to uh, feed any dead bodies to the gators in the swamps <laughs> if you go to that that area of the game world. But yeah, this has been a good series. Yeah, it's like Definitive Edition came out in 2020. So, I mean, I guess like as far as like brand new projects, like that's still, you know, a pretty big thing for them to like do redevelopment on making that like kind of a more up to date. Um, also, we have a guide for it if you if you end up playing it, just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really pretty, but it's I don't know. I'm very curious to see what that team does actually want to do next or what they get to do next. Um, I don't I don't know about Top Spin. My, my favorite tennis game is the gta 5 tennis so i don't know yeah <laughs> okay all right all right if you guys if you two like gta tennis yeah you would seriously love topspin because uh i i came at it the other way i've been addicted to topspin since the original it was an xsn sports title it was an exclusive for the xbox the original xbox uh on xbox live fall of 2002 when when live launched and it was that was when Microsoft had their own, like, just everything, the, all the infrastructure. You could go on the website and see like the leaderboards and uh, those early days. I got so hooked. Look at this. Red is on fire today. This is we're looking at the original Top Spin, which certainly doesn't look good anymore now. But the gameplay on this was so good. You you could make you'd make your own character and you know attribute all your points. And so you, everybody had a custom character with a custom look and a whole thing, uh, and it, you you could tailor your character, your your tennis player, to be whatever sort of style or the style of tennis you wanted, whether it was just brute force power serves or more of a finesse speed game. And I played more of a finesse speed game. I got so into this. I guess by if esports had existed in two thousand two, this would have been my <laughs> esport because. I, did, I vividly remember, I, I wish I had like screenshot proof to prove it, but you'll have to take my word. I got to number 13 on the leaderboard, like the, wow. the rankings for this before, like, it just got, that was like my ceiling. I could never <laughs> crack higher than that, but, but I got Plot really zone. good at that game. And uh, two, two was okay. And then Top Spin 3 was excellent. And Top Spin 4 was really good. And I uh, Red had footage up of Top Spin 4 there a minute ago as well. So yeah, I would say if you like Grand Theft Auto Five Tennis, it that is like a sort of just a like a a, a sketch outline version of Top Spin, which it's it's very good, but Top Spin is is just light years better, and you'd love it. It's uh it doesn't it's not like hardcore where you have to know everything about tennis, and it's not like it's definitely approachable. It's a really really good game. So that side of it, like okay, if if one of the projects that Hangar 13 is going to work on is a new Topspin, that I'm, I definitely 
am excited about. And a Mafia prequel could be really great too. And I, I just want to finish by coming around to something I think, I can't remember if, if it was Miranda, one of you had mentioned, uh, what are they going to be able to do with such a small team? I would hope that, uh, yeah, I would hope that it just means that as as a Mafia prequel gets underway, they you know they'll grow the team as as needed once it goes into full production. Hopefully that studio will will be able to come back from from losing fifty people, and you know maybe even some of those original people will get to come back. Although I certainly hope they all those all those uh, displaced employees are able to find work immediately and not have to wait around for the studio to to grow again. But uh, yeah, it's I mean at least the studio didn't get completely shut down, which we've seen. A million publishers yeah. do a million times. Still, still terrible news. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what comes out of it from uh, presumably Top Spin Five and this Mafia prequel. Uh, finally, this week, let me just go to yeah. Let's do Game Pass and games with gold here. Uh, you know, Cam, you're our guest this week. Why don't you do the honors? I've been talking way too darn much. What do we have coming up on Game Pass and then games with gold? Uh, yeah, so for the week of May 30th, we have For Honor Marching Fire Edition on June 1st for Cloud Console and PC, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection June 2nd for Console and PC, uh, on the week of June 6th, we got Assassin's Creed Origins, which is about to get a 60 FPS boost update as well, uh, June 7th, uh, for Cloud Console and PC, uh, Chorus, June 7th for Cloud Console and PC, Disc Room, great indie game, uh, June 7th for Cloud Console and PC, uh, and Space Lines from the Far Out on June 7th for Cloud Console and PC. Uh, for Games with Gold in June, we have Avon Colony, uh, available from June 1st to the 30th. Uh, Project High-Rise High Architects Edition, uh, available June 16th to July 15th. Super Meat Boy, also a great game, uh, available June 1st uh, to uh, June 15th. That is the 360 version, I believe. And then uh, Rascals, uh, available June 16th to the 30th. I heard almost nothing you said because I was busy mesmerized by the uh, Ninja Gaiden uh, Mastered Collection trailer that Red is playing right now. Is uh, This game, <laughs> this is to me the clear standout for Game Pass. If you haven't played the Ninja Gaiden games, it's me. Miranda, go ahead. It's you me. haven't? I haven't played it. No. Oh, Do you think my mother would buy me this game? <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let's just let's just frame it that way. Uh, but no, I I know of them obviously because I think yeah. they're just pretty renowned for being incredibly difficult and really cool. Um, so it'd be nice to play them on Game Pass. Yeah, you're talking about all three Ninja Gaiden games with all the DLC uh, mm -hmm. on on Game Pass. The first one is. I guarantee you all, it still holds up. So I, I've played this. I still go back to it from time to time. It still plays amazingly well. It was always 60 frames a second. It actually had a native widescreen mode built into it in 2005. Uh, so it was ahead of its time in that regard. So it's still like, it still looks good now. Um, obviously it's not 4K, beautiful next-gen textures or anything like that. but Everybody has to play this. I, I'll be actually really curious to see what the what Souls like fans think of Ninja Gaiden. I was going to mention that. 
It is. Uh, I, I just told you a few, little while ago that I'm not really into Souls games, but I love Ninja Gaiden. And to me, the difference is Souls games are uh, they're sadistic. Like you, you, they will, they, they glee in killing you and punishing you, and and the the sense of accomplishment and and the gameplay uh, progression comes from you mastering that failure and overcoming that failure. Whereas I think Ninja Gaiden, the difference is, one, is the pace. Uh, Souls games tend to be slower paced uh, action-wise. Ninja Gaiden is high speed. It is like you have, you have uh, done some amphetamines and you are, you've got a sword and you are going to go out and chop up some, some bad guys. <laughs> and so you've got the speed of combat, uh, and I, the other thing I think about that, dif that differentiates Ninja Gaiden from Souls-like games is it's, I don't think it's a sadistic game. Like, you're gonna die, as you saw in the trailer there, they, you know, they, they throw it right at you, you will die, but it's not, it's more of just, you need to rise to the challenge. It's not like, the death, death isn't built into the gameplay loop. It's, it is a side effect, inevitably, uh, especially of some of the boss fights, but it's more of just finding the approach to each combat scenario and figuring out what moves to use, how you're going to move around, what you're going to do, what weapons you're going to use. And boy, I, I can't, I could go on all day about Ninja Gaiden. So am I the, no, none of you have played it, it sounds like? I've played Ninja Gaiden 2. 2, okay. Back on the 3, I think it was on the 360. Yes, yeah? you are correct. Um, yeah, no, that was a challenging game. Like, I did not know going in. My friend, like, lent me his copy, and I was just like, oh, okay. And then I was just, like, just getting my butt whooped. I was like, oh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, they're fun games. They are challenging. Uh, and I was thinking, like, it kind of is, like, soul-like. Like, you know, it is, it's kind of, like, more fast than methodical in, yeah. in its combat, um, comparably. But I, I wouldn't. It's not a one for one comparison. It's, it's but if, more, you want, if you want a challenge, if you want a challenge, yeah, it's definitely more uh, for maybe another point of reference for people. It's it's more comparable to Devil May Cry, I think, than in in terms of its the way it plays. Um, now, Stella, we you just got done telling us how you you <laughs> crushed Jedi Fallen Order on the highest difficulty level. Is Ninja Gaiden a game that because you are? I would say Stella. I think I don't really think it's a question. I think you're. <laughs> the most talented video game player. You're like oh, the, the most skilled player. <laughs> it's probably you and Mitchell, I think, are probably one, two, maybe depending on the genre too. Like he's definitely more fighting games. You know, you're more first person shooters, but uh, is, is the, nin are you up to the Ninja Gaiden challenge? Is this, a, is this a game that appeals to you or is it not really your thing? Honest, I mean, the, just the challenge of hearing from several people that this is probably like one of the hardest games ever. Yeah, I'm totally down for it. So the fact that it's on Game Pass, I mean, what, I don't have anything to lose. So <laughs> Except for maybe, you know, feelings, hurt feelings and, <laughs> and time sunk in if I can't get past a certain level. But yeah, this sounds really cool. And I, I was watching the game plan. I was like, oh, this is pretty. Like, there are lots of colors, flashy gameplay. Absolutely down. So the good news too is that I did a little bit of quick research, and according to how long to beat in various uh, forums, it should take about ten to eighteen hours to beat the first. Oh, it's one. a wide range because yeah, it's a depending wide range. on okay, fair, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. challenge, yeah. yeah. And depending what difficulty level you're playing on, because you know the highest is Master Ninja difficulty. Oh. Shout out to former IGN producer CJ Gibson, who actually oh. played Ninja Gaiden competitively. 
He, he can beat Ninja Gaiden on Master Ninja difficulty without dying, which is, it's if you're familiar what? with Ninja Gaiden, that's that's significant. That is uh, that is wild. <laughs> but, awesome. Um, yeah, the, what I would say, yeah, ten to eighteen hours, Miranda, is, yeah, it is largely contingent on your skills and your difficulty level. But um, what I would say is definitely start with the first one if you're going to download this on Game Pass. It doesn't matter that it's older. It is pro it is not probably. It is the best of them. And it kind of goes in order. Like two, Ninja Gaiden 2 is great. Three is not made by the same director. So it was Tomonobu Itagaki, who ran Team Ninja for many, many years. He was the head of Team Ninja. Ninja Gaiden was his baby. He also, of course, did Dead or Alive. Those were the two Team Ninja games oh. that would go back and forth. They would do, they actually had two teams. So they would do one, they would do the other. But Itagaki did the first game, the second game, but then he had left. Uh, and he did not direct the third game. The third game's not bad, or at least it, it actually it was bad when it came out. They they updated it, patched it. Uh, they they made some improvements there, but definitely start with one. Even the boss at the end of the first mission will probably kick your butt the first time you try. You're like, wait a second, this game's not joking around. Um, <laughs> the peak of the challenge, in which we actually saw it, there was a glimpse of it in the in the trailer there that Red played this uh, master ninja collection the, the it's the exact middle of the game uh is the boss is her name is alma let's see if well, as we're watching i'll wait till she pops up right there that's alma so she's uh she is notoriously the most difficult boss in that game so if you make it to the halfway point of ninja gaiden and you take her down nothing you ever do for the rest of the game will be quite that hard there's plenty of nice. challenge don't get me wrong but that is the peak of it. So I just, I guess the, the other thing I want to say about this is for as unfortunately uh, much of a dry spell as Xbox is in right now, I'd like to say thank you and kudos to the Game Pass team because the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, I guess it's old enough now where you see it right here on the podcast, a lot of people haven't played these. So this is a really good game pass game to jump into at a time when we unfortunately don't really have any new xbox exclusives out so everybody play this and report back to me i want to report of how much everyone okay. loves it okay all right <laughs> <laughs> all right we are uh, just about out of time but let's quickly do a trivia i see again i i just yammered on and on about one of my favorite games ever ninja guy <laughs> let's do unlock block trivia eric from california whose gamer tag is ll Deluxe LL with spaces between those. So Eric, thank you very much for writing in. And and Eric asked a question. Another, it's uh, I guess it. I, I must have selfishly chose this one. We're talking about games Ryan loves this week. What U.S. government agency was the parent agency of Sam Fisher's third echelon in Splinter Cell? Was it the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA? or the National Security Agency, the NSA. Uh, let me go, so let's see, Cam's kind of scrunching his nose. He's, he's thinking about this. I'll go Cam's way first. He is our guest. Cameron's thinking about it. Let's go with Cameron first. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, what, was the, what was the first one, the DIA? Yes, Defense Intelligence oh. Agency. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm just going to say the DIA. 
Okay. I don't know. And our score, so Miranda is up two points here. Miranda at six, Stella at four. Destin, who seems to be on permanent vacation from Unlock. Just maybe a <laughs> No, it's okay. He'll be back. He'll be back next week, I think. Um, Destin at two. So, Stella, how about you? You know this one? No, but I feel like given the... Given this, this, this information with Sam Fisher's Sam Fisher um, I want to say D the NSA okay yeah. National Security Agency all right Miranda you're up I was between I actually don't know this I was going to get between A or C and I'm just going to do C so we can have different answers we're going to do CIA well uh one of you is correct and I am Pleased to report that the score is tightening now because Stella has is correct. Yes, the NSA. Yeah. Sam Fisher's huh. third echelon is with the NSA. Good stuff. I was. It was I the was security choosing... agency. I was like, mm, I feel like that's that's kind of that's kind of on on brand. Oh, it's chaos. <laughs> We're looking at chaos theory right now, and I just want to play it. Oh. I was thinking between A and D too, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna guess. <laughs> and I, of course, I chose the wrong one. I'm so sad. <laughs> one of the greatest stealth video games of all time, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. This is Mission One, The Lighthouse. Uh, yeah, we can. This show's going to be three hours if we just watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, it's it still holds up too. Again, um, how about we need that on Game Pass? Let's let's make yeah. that happen. Game Pass. That'd be nice. Listening. A little chaos I, theory I, action. I did buy all the splinter cell games on xbox so i plan on I, I do plan on doing a series playthrough eventually excellent good job contributing to our that's the only way we're ever going to get a new one i mean i guess we're getting a remake of, of the original in, in five years from now you know they announced <laughs> yeah we're we're building a team and we're going to do it which i mean hey it's good to know that it's in the works i don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth here but it's probably going to be a while although on the on the i guess optimistically by the time that splinter cell remake comes out uh It'll probably be on Unreal Engine 5 because the, I mean, the originals were on Unreal Engine. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean they'll use Unreal. Maybe they'll use an in-house thing. They have um, Unity, right? So Actually, yeah, I guess maybe they, I'm trying to, maybe they might have already said that they're using an in-house. Anyway, it's going to be gorgeous, I'm sure, no matter what engine they're going to use. Um, the originals were stunning video games on the original Xbox. All right. Uh, if anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, please send it in. The email address to send your trivia question to is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer in your email. And if you'd like, you can include your gamer tag alongside your name if you'd like me to read your gamer tag. And maybe you can make some friends with other unlocked listeners. That will wrap it up for Unlocked 546. Cam, anything to plug? Remind people now that they've spent another hour with you, where we can find you on social media, etc. Oh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix. Uh, unlocking Kingdom Hearts on all your podcast services. Um, uh, it's a little little bit old, but I have previews for TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, and Signalis. Which please check out the Signalis preview because like didn't do a lot of numbers, but like it is one. I'm super proud of the preview, and two, like it looks incredible. And if you're like into like sci-fi, horror, Resident Evil, like you know that kind of vibes, like. Check it out. It looks incredible. Um, those are up on IGN right now. Yeah, your preview won me over, I admit. I, I wasn't super familiar with Signalis before we before that preview opportunity came in and, and we we assigned that to you. And yeah, it's uh turned out really well. Game looks good. And then yeah, your your 
TMNT Shredder's Revenge preview annihilated. There were yeah, so many good numbers. Every, we're all. I, I'm so excited for that game. Like, oh yeah, that fun. is going to be what a brilliant idea for a for a new video game is to just make it like in the style as if it were ma- a sequel made at the time. So yeah, hopefully the and gameplay our- will back it up arguably the perfect team to to do it to yes so yeah well said stella how about you uh yeah i am parallax stella everywhere on twitter instagram and twitch where i stream every day 6 p.m pst uh so i guess i've actually been kind of feeling weird about games like i haven't really felt anything so maybe i'll try out uh, ninja gaiden whenever it's on game pass so yeah <laughs> well it's uh wait let's go back to the was it was it this week or next week it's this week. Uh, it's this it's, week. It's uh, oh, Thursday, so it goes Ooh. up. Yeah, June second, Thursday. Okay. Day, All right. Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Oh boy! All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda. The next week, Stella comes up in full Rio Hayabusa <laughs> cosplay. Like I am, oh I am, God, I am the Ninja oh. Guy. <laughs> oh, imagine that would be amazing if that happened. Miranda. That'd be cool. Uh, you can find me at Havoc Gross and it's Havoc with a K on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and pretty much everywhere else. Um, I, Ryan, I need to tell you in celebration of your 10th anniversary, but not really in celebration of that, but also I just played it. Um, I started Alien Isolation and I'm not going back to it because oh, I almost no. cried. Oh, God. No, it's, it's, oh, it's so scary. <laughs> it's so freaking scary. Thing that, that keeps following me. I know. I just need to let you know. I hope it's you enjoy it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to play no. any more of it. I already no. unstole it. So. No. It's too much. <laughs> like that the thing about that game, I first of all, I stand by that review because it's that game's 18 hours long, which is literally That's three long. times longer than it should be. If you yeah. just play the first act of that game, which is uh until the alien gets sucked, the xenomorph gets sucked out of the airlock, it's it's like that's it's that's it's like five or six hours in. It's a fantastic video game. It goes on way too long. The android crap gets really repetitive and Ugh. lame in the second you know two-thirds of that game and the story the ending is terrible like the story oh no that's wise... me no don't show me crying it's, oh, oh it's, it's wow. miranda i'm okay, watching you miranda here's my stupid face oh my god i was about to cry there <laughs> it's really tense you guys the game gets so tense uh, <laughs> so again yeah it's this is a great if you just i'm telling you if you just play five or six hours of this game it's really good it's just the problem is if you finish it which is what you do when you're reviewing a game yeah it it falls apart very very much uh quite a bit it falls a lot falls apart right. a lot but i hope I, I but i know there are plenty of people out there that have played in alien isolation and loved it and that's okay it's we all have different tastes it would be that's very true. boring if we all just thought exactly the same way about every single video game. so i agree all right <laughs> let's get out of here i want to send a an extra big thank you this week to super producer red i mean boy what a on fire this week with the b-roll so it's if you're watching us on video boy it's uh it is just top shelf production going on over here i mean it always is but seemed like seemed like extra that that three-day weekend that extra day of rest seemed to do <laughs> red some extra good as a, as i think it did for us all so for red miranda stella and Cam, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 546. And uh, by the way, Xbox Showcase coming up. I guess we'll yeah. talk more about that next week because we're going down to LA as long as I don't 
have jury duty, which I'm waiting <laughs> to find out now. But the plan is for us all to be in L.A. together for the first time in two years, more than two years. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. Have a good week and we'll see you next time.